listening, a very warm White Cat welcome as you're tuned in to the White Cat Outdoors podcast. White here, episode 12, White Cat Outdoors podcast. Uh, this episode's getting started a little bit later than normal. Tom's had some drinks, I've had some drinks, I think Nick's had one or two, so it should be a little bit off kilter from normal. So, oh, and Tom's asking for another one already, and we haven't even gotten started yet. After he said, no, I'm good. Yeah, he said he didn't want another one, but it, it's that kind of night. So I'm going to step back and fill Tom's drink, and I'll let... I'll take us in. T- Tom's going to take us in, so enjoy Tom. So we're here with White Cat. We are White Cat Outdoors. You can find us on Instagram at White Cat underscore Outdoors. Find us on Facebook at White Cat Outdoors. Go ahead, check out our um, podcasts and soon well we have one already but soon to be more videos at tom you're not really good at bringing us in are you YouTube? is this your first time yeah find our Wait podcast and videos. is this your first time at youtube you can listen to our podcast on our website www.whitecatoutdoors.com meet the hosts if you want to listen on a platform we're on apple podcast iHeartRadio, spotify spreaker stitcher, stitcher podbean. podbean you know the drill but we've been through it before. We have been. So we make got- sure you guys are like leaving reviews on there. We like to see those. Helps us get up there and let other people find us too. So yeah, if take, you're- take the minute, tell us how awesome these podcasts are, and if you are just watching subscribe. on YouTube, yeah, make sure you click that bell, leave a comment, like it, let us know you're out there listening. We appreciate that. So just a little recap. Last week we talked about you know our different phases of the deer season. We covered early archery season, how we go about our hunts. We covered pre-rut, and we ended with Frank telling his story. Of Before his... I was so rudely interrupted by Nick. Yeah, we just, we ran out of time. There's, you know, there's only so much time in a day. Yeah. So only so many beers to drink. He was telling us how he was hunting this monster Pope and Young 10-point with a bow, pre-rut. Pope and Young kind of spells the with a bow part out. Yeah, well, for those of you that don't know, Pope and Young Buck, on the wall. Frank's telling us the story. Bring us back in. White, well, back to you. I want to say, before you just get right well, back into it. It's we do not have... back to me yet, no, Tom. No, I guess we're going to Nick. Nick, yeah. back to you. <laughs> back to me. No, so I want to paint that picture. Bob Ross is coming back out for a second episode. He was here last episode. Yeah. We should get him on. So close close your little eyes and let me paint your this picture happy for you. little eyes. I got my palette of paint. We're ready to go. Frank's in the tree. Buck's coming at him from both directions. He picks a side. Buck picks the other side. He goes to move his bow to make a move, and he hits his arrow off the tree. Kerchow. Pachow, pachow. Arrow falls out of his rest, and Frank's left in the tree with an arrowless bow. Well, I mean, it's still knocked. Knock, not it's, on the rest. Yeah. Loud as can be. Frank, back to you. Is it my turn, yep. Nick? Okay. And you. Back to White here. So, arrow falls off the rest. I thought, it's done. You know, this buck has me made. It's it's all ogre at this point. So, I like peek around my swamp. bow, and I see the buck is still walking. He didn't hear me. And this was the first time I actually had eyes on the deer. And at, I couldn't see his rack at this point. I could just see he was still walking. So I, you know, lifted my finger, put my arrow back on my rest, 
finished leaning around that maple tree and draw back. He takes like two more steps and I see he's a hog and we didn't have any trail camera pictures of this deer. He was, you know, out of the blue. And so I draw back on him. I stop him. Let How fly. did you stop him? Map works every time. It does. Like it, it's Tom, I, what's, what's your signature sound to get a deer stop? Are you also a map guy? Yeah, I'll demonstrate it. Picture this. Draw him back. Release to the cheek. Smack. Done deal. And that's that's what I did. I my I, I will say my shot landed just a bit high. He was about four yards away, which is a shot I wouldn't recommend, but the buck fever was cranking. I was it, excited. I've, I've made those shots too. It's tough, but... yeah. You do what you got to do. There is there is a vital shot there. Yes, there is a shot there. So it's not a high percentage shot, but it's a makeable shot. We practiced all summer. He felt confident. Yeah. So lay the buck down, and I got it all on video on my GoPro. It wasn't a phenomenal video, but maybe we'll release it sometime. I still have the video, so maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll do like an archives kind of thing. Yeah. Because I know I've got a couple bucks on film as well about mm-hmm. the same quality. Yeah, um, so, so it would be kind of a neat, bef- you know, kind of like the evolution of how our recording began uh, up to yeah. what we got in store for you guys. <clears throat> Jeez, started to lose my voice there for a second. Yeah, you did. What we have in store for you guys this year, um, we've uh, hired a cameraman and ish. He's we, volunteer. He, he's volunteer. We're all cameramen. We cameramen for each other. Yeah, we've all become cameramen. And we've got a really nice camera, and we're really excited to get some hunting videos out there for you guys. So stay tuned for that. So there I was, buck on the ground, all excited. You know, call my dad up. He comes, you know, help me drag it out. And you know, it was just all around a great story that started out an absolute terrible evening arguing with this dude about whose properties where. And I ended up killing the biggest buck of my life, and it's still the biggest buck I've killed so far. And if you remember from last episode, I said it was 144 and 6 ace. Real nice 10, real clean 10. Frank, why don't you just say three quarters? Because that's not how you say it, Nick. That's that's, that's right, Frank. Pope and Young does go to the eighth inch. No simplified fractions. No simplified fractions. That's, so, that's for Quakers. That's just a little tech tip for all you guys out there uh, that are into hunting or maybe getting into hunting and scoring whitetails when you're doing Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett. It's down to the eighth inch. But if you're scoring a bear, it goes to 16th of an inch. And I think cats as well. Don't quote say, me on I'm that. But I know, I know bears is Don't 16th. Don't write that in pen. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll be doing write in pen yeah. later. Yeah. And we're, the write it in pen will account for last episode and this episode. Yeah, because it was obviously a two-parter. Nick was all about the cliffhanger for last episode. That's why he rudely interrupted my whitetail story last time. So let us know what you think. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. Probably not, though. But whatever you guys want. It's your show. It's your show. We'll do whatever. So I guess that pretty much wraps up our pre-rut phase. And I guess, uh, Nick, I'll, I'll just shove it over to you. I don't know what you want to talk about. We're going to go into Rifle. the post-rut. I said Nick. Yeah, well, Nick, he kind of the- has an idea. This was this episode is my idea, and I have the text to prove it. Nick's just an idiot. We'll leave him out of yeah. it. Could you just not talk the rest of the episode? If you want to kill bucks of the caliber I'm doing, maybe you should listen. Or if you want to kill bucks in the quantity that I do. I have the biggest bug at the table. Yeah. So I'm invited no matter who wins this argument. Yes. So we're going to go post-rut, which in Pennsylvania is rifle season. Big tradition. 
it's chaos in the woods. It um, is. There's a lot of hunters in PA. There's a lot in Northwest PA too. So I look at rifle hunting more of a tradition. I like to have my tag filled by then, what but a rookie. sometimes you don't have it filled. So yeah, you we talked a little there. bit about that last week with Rachel it being more of like. Well, it was two the, weeks ago. Was it two weeks? Oh yeah, that's right. Well, according when you're it, listening, it's it's two weeks in podcast land. It was two weeks ago. It was two weeks. So two weeks, <laughs> podcast land. Two weeks. Um, but we talked about the whole rifle tradition. It being more of like a family and friends atmosphere. It's not like that hardcore hunting atmosphere like we are with archery. It's more of you know we're just getting together, having fun. We're just getting outside. We're just getting outside, having a time. But anyways, so what I do for post-rut slash rifle season, I try and sit on pretty close to the edge of the property that I hunt because we don't do any pushing opening day. Properties next to us do a lot of pushing and a lot of shooting and not a lot of killing. So, that's one thing that's a pretty big controversy amongst like hardcore whitetail hunters is whether or not you should do drives and stuff. So like A I, lot of people like to discredit the Milo Hansen buck because it was killed on a drive. But so I, while we're on the topic, just real quick, do we want to just go round table on what our opinion is on it? I think we all kind of share the same opinion because we all do it together. Yeah, we we, you, we hunt together. You spilled the beans. The lid is off Bush's baked beans. We're not going to give the recipe away. But the but lid is off. Feel yeah, free to taste. It, yeah, we do deer drives. There, I said it. Yeah, I'm I mean, not afraid <laughs> to say it. <laughs> we don't. I mean, it's not like something we like hardcore do, but... During rifle in, season, yeah. we do drives, and in muzzleloader season. Yeah, especially in muzzleloader season. It's legal. We do it. I uh, yeah. don't know what else to say. Yeah. In my opinion, if any way that you're killing a deer that's legal, I have at say, it. Kill, any way you're getting outside, if, yeah, if hunting a deer Yeah, if you're getting legal, outside and it's legal, have, excuse me, have at it. It's a good time. You know, if you can get out there, get outside and kill a deer, that's the way you should be doing it. That's exactly right. So there I am on the edge of the property. I know when I say edge of the property, I'm probably like 70 yards the off the edge. The tree has the posted sign on. Yeah, it does. Not, not that close. He's hunting probably the opposite yards side off. of the tree. And I've killed. Nick hunts the property line facing the other person's. Yeah, why don't you just tell the story for me? So <laughs> can I finish one damn story? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we use that a lot in our podcast. Sometimes Tom interrupts people. He does talk a lot. It's most of the time I'm getting interrupted. I'm just going to throw that out there. Is that how it goes? Yeah. I guess you could just. Get tuned back into other episodes and see what you think. Is it Tom that's doing the interrupting, or is he the interruptee? So Nick's 60 yards off the property line, hunting big bucks with his rifle. And there I am. And I hear shots going off on the other side of the property. Bucks come running over, and I shoot them. That's how I do it. Pretty easy. It doesn't always happen that way. (laughs) It sounds simple, but it's it's a little tougher than that. Not for me. I usually get it done pretty early in the morning, and then I go and film for Tom. That's happened to me a couple times, but uh, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't get too excited about rifle hunting. Not that I don't like it; it's just I get way more pumped about archery season. And yeah, if so I can, I guess, if like, I can fill a tag, that's where I'm going to do it. So yeah. as far as tactics go for rifle season, I think have a good time with your loved ones the night before, as everyone should during the hunting season, and then. You get out to your stand safely in the morning, and you enjoy the day. Yeah, that's, that's sandwich. Uh, more than the day. You know, in PA, it's a two-week season, so two enjoy weeks. that whole two weeks. And you know, like my thing, like what I normally do, I set up in a spot, and 
a lot of people that I know, I know you guys are pretty much the same. We sit all day the first day. And then after that, it's just kind of pretty lackadaisical. We put on some drives. We do different things. So it's not really like we have specific set tactics for honing in on these deer. And my opinion is of like drives. And I started this whole drive conversation with the fact that Milo Hansen, who has the world record whitetail, killed typical it on a drive. Whitetail. Yeah, typical. Um, but in my experience around Northwest Pennsylvania, if you want to kill the big bucks, you're not going to do it on a drive. I mean, you can do it, but your your odds go way up if you're hunting the deer in their natural movements, not the drives. But for me, the drives are a lot more fun. Like, I have more fun getting out and hanging out with the people that are in the group than, you know, going out and sitting by myself during rifle season. I prefer to go out and have fun with the other people. So that's that's what I take away from rifle season, basically, is just... Just get outside and have fun. You know what I'm saying, T? Yeah, I know what you're saying, but I take just a wee bit different approach on the first day. I don't just go out there willy-nilly, pick any tree stand, and sit there all day. What I like to do on the opening day is I like to tuck myself into some thick, nasty bedding. Oh, that's what I do, too. I'm not, when I said willy-nilly, I didn't even say willy-nilly. You put those words in You said Willie Nelson. I, I was I was out there Willie Nelson. I was more referring to Nick. I just walk in there, yeah. sixty yards off the property line. That's why I told Nick to. Not you can't even deny talk that it doesn't time. work for uh, me. Yeah, I don't, no, it definitely works for you. But I'm I'm not saying you're wrong. Just saying I'm you're not saying, right. No, I'm just saying there's more than one way to skin a cat, and Nick skins it one way. I thought we were deer hunting. I know, but it's a saying. I've never heard it. Oh, well, it's more than one way to do things nick does it one way it works for him i do it another way works for me but so you're saying frank doesn't do it a different way and it doesn't work for him uh, frank was getting ready to say how we were on the same page so i like your style tom turn the page no opening day i like to get in some which is the only time you hunt bedding is during rifle season yeah pretty much interesting because here's what i think i mean and here's why i think i know where tom's gonna go with this and it's does it have to do with hunting pressure? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Tom, so, could you finish what, one damn story? Yeah. People think it's weird. They're like, Tom, you're going out there with a rifle. You can shoot 200 yards. Why would you go into this spot? Well, you hunt with a 6.5 Creedmoor, so it's more like 50. Uh, more like 350. This thing is a tack driver. But no, Nick, you're wrong because I'll tell you why. The six- oh, that's right. We're in... PA and you use a 325 short mag. Yeah, I, the, my 6.5 is for New York. My 325 is for PA. But they say, Tom, why would you hunt this thick bedding when you can go somewhere else and shoot 150 yards? See, I don't care. I'm in this bedding. My longest shot might only be 50 yards. But I, it's so thick and nasty that these deer, they're going to come to that area because that's where they feel safe. But what they don't know is I'm in there waiting for them to get bumped by another hunter. Snake something. in the grass you are. I know. But like my... Cut your grass short. Find <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> but no. And I tell you what. Some of my best action is right around noon when everybody else is getting out of the woods, going to grab a bite to eat. and That's why I pack my lunch and make sure both sandwiches are gone by nine. Yeah. That's most people's tactic. But Food a lot of all gone by nine o'clock. A lot of the time, 
those people, they're walking back to their truck or walking back into the stand from lunch, and they kick a deer up. They're spooked. They've heard gunshots all day. Can I interrupt you for one second? Cause I'm, yeah, I, yeah, please. I know you don't like to finish one damn story, but it just when we were saying about you know the food and finishing it by nine o'clock, me and Brad were walking around the Harrisburg show, and we were you know making a joke about that, and some random guy that was walking like. He's probably 15 feet in front of us. Like, I couldn't even believe this guy could hear us talking with all the people that are at Harrisburg. He, like, whips around. He was like, your food makes it till 9 o'clock? And I was like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking. He's like, I'm lucky if my sandwiches make it till 8. I just wolf it right down. Uh, you have to. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's part of the tradition. Yeah, you you get drunk the, the night day. before, and you eat your sandwiches by 8 o'clock. You say, the way I picture it. You're watching SpongeBob, and they get that chocolate bar when they leave town. Exactly. They're going to take one bite, and then it's gone. That's how I feel my entire lunch is. On powerful imagery, brother. I'm digging it. Yeah, it's. I don't like, and that's another thing why I stop bringing food a lot of times because it doesn't matter how much or how little I bring, it will all be gone by nine. Yeah, it doesn't matter if I bring two, three sandwiches or none. It's all going to be gone, and I'm going to be just as comfortable throughout the day. So I started about last year just bringing water and like a Cliff Bar or something because what a weenie. Yeah, but no. So back to my story. Please take it away. Yeah, I'm in this bedding. These bucks, they're pressured all day, and they're trying to get to the thickest, nastiest stuff, and that's where I like to be waiting for them and i tell you what i've had a lot of success hunting that way especially on opening day during the week though when after you know thursday friday after they've had you know some time off you know not as much pressure then i go back to the food because let's be real post rut they burned off a mature whitetail will lose 25% of its body weight during the rut. little fun fact for you. Yeah. yeah. I honestly, I didn't believe Tom when he said that. He, we were talking about this a week or two ago. And he said that. I was like, are you sure it's 25% or 20%, whatever the hell the number you just said? 25. Um, 25 is the number. And I was like, are you sure about that? Because I, I, I know they lose a lot of weight, but I didn't know if it was like 25, but that's a lot of weight. Yeah, it's a lot of weight. I mean, all they do is freaking run. They forget about food. They just yeah. run and chase dough. Yeah. And it's kind of a little cruel joke that, you know, they lose all that weight and fat rate before winter. So <laughs> really yeah. keeps them in shape for winter. You know, <laughs> yeah. they can really keep themselves warm. Yeah. So, you know, before winter, they're like, oh, beans. I got to. I got to bulk back That's up. That's one of my favorite sayings. Ah, beans. <laughs> I got to bulk back up. So when they're not pressured, they're going to be back to high starch foods. Like if you're lucky enough to get an uncut soybean field, oh my gosh. Yeah. Tell me about it. Get or, out of town. Or a cornfield. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's where you're going to Get gonna real. Be. Yeah. Because they're going to be, you know, picking themselves out, trying to build some body fat back up for the harsh northwest pa winners so when there's a lot of pressure in the woods i'm in the thicket you know deep briars prickers goldenrods nastiest crap you can find because they're going to go in there and try and hide from all the pressure when that pressure eases off a little bit i'm in the food because they got to bulk up get fat for winter that that's how i approach the post rut slash rifle season here in northwest pa it's not a bad approach. I it's done well for me. So, you know, give it a try. If it works, that's awesome. If you have a different approach, you know, we 
by no means no one here is an expert. So if you have a different approach, let us know. We love hearing from our audience. So there's that. For sure. Please, uh, we always uh, look forward to people reaching out. You know, I just had another guy, actually one of Jared Larson's buddies, uh, reach out. Said, you let know, fly. Let fly. Yeah, reached out, you know, sent me some pictures of fish, which we're going to get up there this week. You know, said he really likes the podcast. Um, so that stuff's really encouraging for us. Um, let us know what you like, what you don't like. And, uh, you know, any questions or maybe even topics you guys want us to go over, good stuff. We can, uh, if you got somebody maybe you want us to try and get on the podcast, we can do what we can. But uh, other than that, that pretty much wraps up our uh, late or postseason hunting. And uh, post, I know po- we don't post hunt postseason. <laughs> Jeez. We, that, post- that must be the colloidful uh, beer talk. Post rut. Post rut, sorry. So we don't drink piss. <laughs> we drink piss. We drink gold. So now that we're uh, out of the post rut, we get into late season, and my boy Tom over here has oh, had gosh. a lot of success coming into the late season. You know, he's a late bloomer. You know, and he gets it done in the late season. And Tom, why don't you just tell the folks how you do it? Okay. Because we're all wondering. Here's the deal. Everybody, we're all wondering. Tell I- everyone. I spend all I work all summer long saving up money for my deer tag, right? My hunting license. And why, you know, shoot your buck on opening day like Nick does? I like to it's spend a compelling theory. I like I'm interested to, to hear the rest. Spend the whole season. It's kind of like my golf game. Everyone's out there they're trying to finish the game in the least amount of strokes. No, I paid to play 18 holes. I'm going to get as many strokes as possible. Makes sense. Get your money's worth. You exactly. do the same thing at the plate while batting, correct? Yeah. Yep. Take as many swings as I can. It's got to give give the crowd what they want. But no, that's how I look at my deer season. I don't want to tag out the first day and then twiddle my thumbs the rest of the season. So, you know, I'm I like to hunt the full season, get everything going, and then come crunch time, late season, that's when I like to get it done. And I hunt the late season similar to how I hunt the early season. So, I mean, I, I focus on food a lot all throughout the year because, let's be real, deer need just a literally just a small handful of things to survive. They need food, bedding, water, and a mate. Yeah. Pretty much it. Yeah. The does are the most important part of that. Yeah. And the does are always going to be in food. That's kind of why I always focus towards food. But... My reasoning is a little bit different here in the late season. Like I was talking earlier, winter is right now. Like late season. We're, we're way in it. Yeah. These deer, they're freezing cold. They're like, God, I need some fat to warm me up. So they're hitting food hard. And they're hitting acorns. They're hitting corn. They're hitting soybeans. Radishes, radishes. if your good buddy oh, Keith has planted them. Yeah. yeah, we I, talked about that when we were talking about Ohio when me and Nick were over there hunting food because we found standing corn over there. So it was oh, if <laughs> that was a beautiful thing. I tell you what, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, this is gonna be straight up. I have seen deer dig through a foot and a half of snow to eat a radish. Like they oh, I season, personally don't like to taste the radishes, but the deer do. I don't know what it is. It's you know they get that frost and. Those sugars go right to the radish and right to the leaves, and they just tear it right up. And I've had a lot of luck hunting those food sources. And 
it's usually, you know, right before dark and then big bucks come out. You'll be on stand, you know, and about an hour, hour and a half before dark, you'll see the does start filtering out, you know, eating the corn, whatnot. And a little while after that, maybe... Thank you. Nick, are you retarded? I was just... I thought we had a message on one of our stories that I posted, and we didn't... It was and you just, figured you would just... Well, I didn't know if it was... Noise. I thought it was going to be like a fan question. I thought it was going to be silent. <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> so... Can you continue your story, please? Yeah, a little bit. Of, then that's Sorry that Nick interrupts everybody all the time. When the little bucks are filtering out. And then... 10. Tom, I really appreciate how you just totally block it out and act like Nick's not being stupid. And you, Like, Jared even said to me one time, you know, let fly, he, like, Nick was being stupid one time, and then you just, like, jumped right back in, and he thought we, like, edited out a chunk of stupidity, but it was just you being awesome and yeah, I just, not paying into Nick's dumb shit. Right, nose to the grindstone. What, what right can I say? Through. I like to have fun, and I like to shoot deer. And, and do both at Tom. the same time. So right Tom, before, yeah. Can you finish? I am one damn story. Right in the middle of it. Five ten minutes before dark, that's when these bucks are going to come out, and they're going to try and get fat, get thicken up, get some warmth for the winter. Now, again, they're getting fat. Are you talking fat or phatt? Phatt, dumb and, fat and thick boys. Yeah. T-H-I-C-C-B-O-I-S. Yeah. So late season, I'm hunting food, hands down. Never led me astray. Had a lot of success. Actually, I killed my best buck. Late season muzzleloader, I think we talked about it over food source. We did talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, that was when we had Rachel here. Yeah, so that kind of wraps up how I approach hunting throughout early season, pre-rut, rut, post-rut late season so nick why don't you go ahead and fill us in on it i mean if you do have your tag late season how you attempt at filling it well that's a pretty rare occurrence for me but in the event how that rare I, is it i mean did did you fill it did you even fill it in the late season last year i don't uh, think nick is that filled a single yeah, tag no, last not year. even a doe tag eek yeah well yeah well yeah. things were happening and no, things were not happening. <laughs> not for you, anyway. Yeah. So there I was. I didn't do a whole lot of late season hunting, actually. Um, I got a new bow. I was shooting that a lot. And I only hunted a few times with it. Saw a couple bucks. Well, on when you did hunt, what was your approach? So I didn't, like I said, I didn't do a ton of hunting. And we were more, I think we were setting up on doing some Deer drives, woohoo! Uh, so late bad. season, and uh, we didn't get <laughs> we didn't get any, but uh, had a lot of fun and I actually hunted That's from the ground. We talk. You got a mouse in your pocket? Oh, you didn't have fun. You said we didn't get any. I'm talking. You asked about the few times I went out hunting. The few times I went out, we as a group didn't get any. Yeah. Okay. And we as a group had a real good time. Yeah, we did. But you're just making it seem like we didn't get one late season, but. I got it's two. Not, it's not. <laughs> wow. A buck and a doe punched both my tags. I did not do that. Yeah, I know. So I guess my late season tactics probably aren't very beneficial to most people. You mean not hunting? Yeah. Yeah, that would probably lead to not getting anything. 
So we're just going to, you know, right on by. Frank, how did your uh, tactics for late season go? Um, well, I also didn't do a ton of late season hunting other than in Ohio with you, and I did a little bit with my... I actually for- forgot for a split second that we did hunt late season in Ohio. Well, that's... That's yeah, why so, I told you to be quiet this episode because you're you're lagging behind most of the time. I'm kind of like dial-up internet. Exactly. I'll get there just a little bit. It just slow. takes a little bit longer. So I kind of with my late season, all I had was a doe tag because I shot a buck with my pistol in rifle season, and I went out a few times. And do you need another drink, Tom? I'm good for okay. now. All right. So I went out a few times with my bow, and I had some opportunities at does, and uh, I went out with Nick and Tom. We put on some drives, but I wasn't even carrying a weapon when we did that stuff. I was just walking just to have fun. I went out with another group of guys. Pretty much all of my late season, because our late season is muzzleloader and archery season. So Primitive arms, if you will. Yes, if you will. So most of my time is spent walking for other people. I like to just see other people get here. What a here. generous guy you are. Thanks, Tom. I, 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 I'm glad you appreciate me. So that's how I spend most of my late season, especially if I kill a buck. But, it, I mean, if I have a buck tag, then I'll obviously put some more time in getting after a buck. But for the most part, I just like walking, trying to get someone else a deer. I love to see other people shoot deer more than I like to kill a deer myself, honestly. Yeah, me too. I mean, there's something special, especially about like your dad. I would go walk miles to get my dad. He he hasn't got a buck in, gosh, I don't know how long. He'll text me, oh, I just passed up a 17-inch 8-point. I'm like, what are you doing? Lay him down. But, I mean, he loves it. He's out there as much as he can, but he, he just he loves seeing them. But you know, I'd love to see him get a dandy up on the wall. Gosh, that'd be nice. Gosh darn, that would be... I'd, I'd do anything to get my dad a buck. Gosh, I, I love the Packers. I'd do anything for the Packers. <laughs> Yikes. So while we're on the topic of, you know, like dads... The Packers? No. Oh. Oh, we don't get to talk about the Packers? No, not really. We All should right. mention Aaron Rodgers' mustache, though, because... It's a good mustache. It looks a little bit like your mustache, yeah, and that's only a I... lot better. Mm. <laughs> no, a little better is what I meant to say. Yeah, so... Back to Nick. I was while we're talking about dads and hunting and stuff. Um, I just thought maybe we could cover maybe like a, a favorite little hunting memory with our dads. You know, while we're on the topic, because I mean, we pretty much we finished up uh, our approach throughout the season. Um, but I, I just I feel like while we're talking about dads and that, I, as far as I know, that's how all of you guys got into hunting as well. Why don't um, we save this for? The friggin' Father's Day podcast that you're talking about next week. That's oh, not a bad idea. It's uh, not bad either. Even though it's not next week, you're just really dumb. Yeah, you just say next week as in Father's Day weekend. Yeah, yeah it's I'm, not... You, you're dumb. It's not even close to next weekend. But we'll yeah, get it. it was a joke because you said... Now you have to explain it and it's not as funny. That's because you're lagging behind. Everyone else is up to speed. You're ridiculous, Nick. Why don't you just talk about something else, Nick? You're, you've upset me. <sighs> okay, fine. So once we wrap up the season, I like to, uh, you know, you got to get intel on what's still out there, what survived the Orange Army, and that starts with trail cameras. And if you're in a state that you can use it, bait. 
Uh, Don't forget spotting. Spotting deer, yes, once the season huge. is over. Huge. Once the season is over, you can go back into spotting. Yeah, we're talking postseason now. We've made it through all of the seasons. Now it's time to start preparing for next year. Now, we just want to see who's That's still actually a around. really good point that he said that. The time to start getting ready for next year is as soon as this season ends. That's kind of like the old saying, the best time to plant a tree is 25 years ago. That's not. Because if you. If you is right now. You don't want to start scouting for a deer you're going to kill next year 25 years ago, though. Yeah, but it's still kind of like right now is the time. Yeah, ain't no time like the present. It's the that second is best better. time to plant a tree is right now. But you the said the best time best, was. The first best time to start scouting is right now. What do you, you totally think we just lost scout me. deers and deers and get away from trees? Well, we are going to be planting some trees here up at the new farm. So That's very true. That's going to be part of our preparation. Yes. Yeah, we'll get into that maybe midsummer. Yeah. yeah. So there I was. Season's over. I didn't get anything, but I wanted to see what made it. So we put our trail cameras out. We run trail cameras pretty much year-round, actually. Um, the only time I don't is when the bucks lose their antlers, honestly. Eh, I kind of pull them until about May. Yeah, until they start poking out again. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but we always will put out some mineral licks, um, a couple different corn feeders and stuff once the season's over. And that just kind of gives you an idea of what's still around and what made it and kind of just give you an intel like, oh, okay, the buck I was after, he made it or don't know where this buck went. You know, maybe he got bumped to a different property. Um, but it just kind of gets you ready for the next year. And, you know, as they start falling off, that's why you keep your cameras up and you start figuring out when the deer are starting to drop sheds. That's why I like to have cameras out right postseason this time of year because you'll see bucks you know you'll have them one day with antlers and the next day they won't have them and then you go oh boy yeah time to go shed hunting yeah and then it's shedding season like we said in the last episode though make sure you put those sheds back yeah you want them to grow bigger next year they got to be able to find those antlers and they're not going to be able to find them them on your coffee table so if you pick them up they're gonna have to start from scratch and they're gonna be a spike you don't need any of those big-bodied spikes running around that everybody talks about. So do yourself a favor. Leave the sheds where you found them. Yep. Take your pictures. Put them back. Buck yeah. needs to find it. So, yeah, that's basically how we approach our postseason, even though Nick likes to keep saying that we hunt postseason. We don't do that. It was one time, and I didn't actually – I mentioned it one time, and it was a misuse of my vocabulary. Yeah, you're pretty a, bad. A vocabulary with- typo, if you will. A verbal typo. Ver- yeah, Ver- there, there you go. go. Very the- good. Yeah. I can see it. But no, what I like to do is I like to go spot. I, I When it's legal, the only time it's not legal in Pennsylvania is during the regular gun season. Any other time of the year, me and Nick, we're going spotting. You know what I mean? So, and we normally spot the areas that we hunt. So we like to get intel on what bucks made it through, where they're hanging out, you know, where they're eating. So that's trail cameras, spotting. It's all good. Get intel on what bucks made it through. And little story here. My dad just bought a new piece of property out on the outskirts of the Edinburgh-Cambridge Springs line. And, you know, as soon as the season ended, up came the trail cameras, out came the mineral blocks. Tom, what did you find on those trail cameras? (laughs) Believe it or not, Nick, I was just getting ready to tell the audience what I found. We got a bunch of two-and-a-half-year-olds that made it through the season that are going to be 
nice three and a half year olds next year. They're gonna be three and a half next year. Yeah, one year later. That's wild. Yeah, that's good stuff. So we got that, and I got one buck in particular. We got this beautiful ten. I think he's a two and a half year old ten point, about fifteen inches wide. Got him on camera after the late archery season. He is going to be an absolute dandy next year. So I kind of already, I know it's early. I already kind of got my target buck in my mind. So I know, I think I know where he's sleeping at, where he's bedding. And I got a really good feeling that he's going to be a slob next year. Being a three and a half year old, he was a 10.25. He's just going to get bigger. Oh, well, if you leave his sheds out there, he'll get bigger. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were going to go try and find the sheds tomorrow, actually. Yeah. And we will absolutely leave them there, take our pictures, set them right back where they were so he can continue to grow those same points next year. It's good thinking. Yeah. So I'm super excited. Got plenty of pictures of him. I'm 100% sure he made it through muscle season. So hopefully he doesn't get hit by a car or anything. But We've had a real mild winter, so the winter shouldn't be too hard on the deer population this yeah. year, so that's good news. I have since pulled my camera. I think probably 80% of the deer have dropped their horns by now. Yeah, Antlers. Antlers, yeah. Horns, horns and antlers are different, Tom. I, sorry, misspoke. Get with the program. They've dropped their antlers now. But come May, you know, once they start growing again, they'll be back out there. I'll be figuring out what bucks are still on that piece of property how I'm going to approach the oncoming season, which we're going to get into in a couple months from now. Yeah, we got, we're, yeah, we're lining up with a pretty good guest. I don't want to give his name away. Um, just it's in the works. He's agreed to it, but uh, he's going to run us through, you know, maybe setting up your property um, for ideal whitetail management and everything. And it's, it's going to be a good one. So uh, make sure you're looking out for that one for sure. Well, when can we expect this couple months from now? Or Yeah, he said May. May? Yeah, which will be about which perfect. Is, oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, it's perfect. That's when you're going to want to get seed in the ground, you know, start trimming your – it's a little bit early for trimming stands, but – Yeah, but you can get in there and maybe do some hinge cuts if that's your thing, if you've got access to do that kind of thing on your property. Um, there's hinge all kinds of – Hinge cuts are big, all, yep, scouting, always good scout year-round. Yeah, definitely scout year. Even when they don't have antlers on their head, you should always be scouting. Yeah, that's like we're – I mean, cons, our biggest form of scouting is spotting, so – so yeah, I guess that's uh, pretty much it for our, our whole approach to the season, and uh, we appreciate Tom especially. Come on. I mean, wh- what great knowledge this guy has. I'm, I'm spewing facts. You didn't give us any shape knowledge today, but th- the buck knowledge was good. You want to know what we need to do, though? Does it have to do with shapes? Oh, right, write it. We didn't write any. How can we forget? I don't think Nick has ever given us a write it in pen, so we're going to throw it to Nick. You're going to make, I got the write it in pen. I got the pass. Ready to throw, throw? Could you throw me a pen instead of a ball? Yeah. He's oh. going deep. He's back. Tom Cox back. He throws. And Nick's got the pen. Dip in his quill right now to write it down. And hopefully, it. you guys got your quills out. Write it down. Nick, lay it on us. So this week's writing pen is going to go right back to, you know, our approach to the season, and the biggest factor for all of our success is mobility. Staying mobile is a huge um, advantage when it comes to whitetail hunting. If you've got only fixed stands, it you're at a disadvantage in my opinion. You got out 
deer change their patterns constantly based on predators, pressure, all kinds of different things. So I've even noticed like if I have a stand in one spot, you know, like a ladder stand, even a 15 or 20 yard move will put you into, especially in bow season. Put you back in the game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just a, just a quick little story to kind of. Can I finish the right in, actually right in pens pretty much finished. Get mobile and however it be, whether it's a climber on the ground, lock on, whatever you got to do, get mobile. Tom, let's hear your story. So this is late season, muzzleloader, New York State. I'm hunting food, okay? Hunting a big brassica food plot. We just got, there's probably, you know, eight inches of snow. We It just melted, so I said, that's where I need to be is this brassica food plot. It's opened up. These deer are going to be hitting it hard. So I'm in the stand, right? And I see these deer, they're about 80 yards back in the woods. I can see real far in the woods, there's no leaves or nothing. And I see them coming down. So I get set up, I'm in a tripod, on the shoot and rest. I'm rock solid, just waiting for them to come out. And the last doe, I can tell, is the biggest one. She's most mature. And all these deer filter out into the field. I'm not moving, I'm not even blinking. Like I'm rock solid still as can be as soon as this big mature doe that i wanted to take steps out into the food plot she looks directly at this stand mind you she is upwind she is with 180 degrees from downwind like wind is hitting me in the face she is on the opposite side no way she could have scented me she comes into the stand looks directly at me she knows this stand is there she sees me in it. She knows something is up. Puts her tail up, spins around, runs back into the woods. All of her friends follow her, and I'm sitting there looking silly like, what the heck just happened? I know she didn't see me move. She didn't smell me. She just knew something wasn't right. She had seen that tripod a hundred times, and this time it looked different with me sitting in it. So she was alerted and said uh-uh something ain't right i'm gone so hold up wait a minute something, something ain't right. right yeah they definitely they can even if you're still and they know yeah, if it's crazy. a stand that's been there for years oh i mean this stand's probably been there 15 20 years mm-hmm. so they i'm sure she's been spooked out of that food plot before so yeah. they know exactly where that stand is so i think if you can you know get mobile especially in archery season yeah it's a huge huge advantage for sure thank you for that little story corresponding to my uh write it in pen um like frank said that pretty much wraps up this week um make sure you guys are you know following us and subscribing to us wherever you guys are listening to um we definitely encourage feedback because that's the only way we can get better um is if you're letting us know what you like and what you don't like but either way like i said we need we need the feedback it helps us um this this last little series we did was a lot more informative, I would say, um, than entertainment. So if you like that, let us know. If you like it to be a lot more lighthearted and entertaining, let us know. You know, we 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 cater to what you guys want. So uh, I want to thank all you guys for listening in. You know, we're we broke into double digits of podcasts, and uh, we're showing no signs of stopping. So make sure you guys are you know keep tuning in and getting outside.